0: Good afternoon and welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm Anthony Citrollo, and um, this is my uh, podcast uh, known as The Firm Grasp on an Empty Bag. And um, uh, we are uh, interviewing and speaking with a good friend of mine, Sharon Mayen, today. Uh, but uh, before that, I'd like to just uh, mention, of course, you know, we are in very, uh, very interesting times in both the economy, both the world, especially in the world of mergers and acquisitions and exit planning. And uh, with many business owners looking to sell or exit their companies, we have rising interest rates. We have uh, strong demand from private equity firms. Uh, of course, they're contending with the rising interest rates which could have some impact on on deal flow. But uh, what we're trying to do here is um, is provide business owners with some really resources and some information Uh, to help them uh, as they're on that path to going toward exit or succession, especially for those who are family-owned businesses. And my podcast known as Firm Grasp is dedicated to those business owners. As I said, family-owned businesses, the goal is to maximize and help them realize the value of what is typically their largest asset. And it's your largest asset. The business that either started by maybe a prior generation, maybe by mothers or fathers or uncles or aunts, and uh, now it's kept in the family and perhaps now it's time to uh, to move on. Many families, we understand retirement rests on uh, the sale of the company. Uh, many people have most of their dollars trapped in the business, and it's my job to help them turn that asset into cash so that they can realize the benefits of, of their years of hard work and dedication. So the podcast, Firm Grasp on an Empty Bag, is helping owners realize what makes one business a little more valuable than perhaps another business and help them exit. And today I am very excited about having my uh, good friend Sharon Mayen with me. And Sharon comes from a background of a family owned business. I'll let her talk to you about that for a second. She really worked it and worked hard and, and uh, always been entrepreneurial. She is the founder of Savoka Enterprises, has, uh, gee, uh, I'd say over 20 years or more of industry experience in helping Companies on the minority side, but also helping uh, majority-owned companies as well. She advises business owners on on not just diversity, but on a lot of different aspects of their business, which she has understood to be very important over the years of her owning a business self, herself. Uh, we are going to talk today about how to properly qualify as a, perhaps a minority-owned company and be certified, uh, and perhaps how to use that and build your business a little bit. Sharon has specific areas of her business that include technology, healthcare, security, construction. And she works with us as a as an affiliate and a trusted advisor on the merger and acquisition side. And as I said, Sharon is a good friend. We partner jointly. Uh, we've done that for many years. And um, Sharon, I want to welcome you to the show and um, we're glad you're here. And um, one thing I always knew is we know each other for a lot of years and we've always had the same mindset. The same focus, we understood about family-owned business. We understood people. We understood that we needed to assist those business owners when it relates to growing their business, providing the resources they need. Sharon has a a very successful daughter, is married to Brian for many years. I don't know how many years, Sharon, but- 33 on Friday. (laughs) 33 on Friday, congratulations. So. Sharon, why don't you give us, um, and welcome, and I, I'm really yeah, thrilled yeah. to have you, just give us a little bit, bit about your background, okay, sure. and sure. a little, you know, especially, I know you have a good business background with dad and all that kind of, you yeah. know, sure. if that works out, so I'll give it to you for a couple of minutes, then we'll go, sure. we'll ask you a couple of questions and we'll kind of converse a little bit about, you know, what's going on in today's world.
1: Right, well, well, thank you, Anthony, and uh, for inviting me to join your podcast. This is very exciting, and and of course, all the years of our friendship is are very valuable to me. I've I've learned a lot from you, and I think I think we are a pretty dynamic duo when it comes to helping our clients really recognize uh, the value of the work that they've put into their businesses, and and that's our job, you know. Uh, coming from a, an entrepreneurial family, my father was in the nightclub business and in the construction business. Uh, uh, I did. Work worked for a short time in corporate America for General Motors and ABN AMBRO, but really found it in my heart, in my DNA, that Working in my own business was what I really wanted to do and where I really fit fit the best. Um, so I, I I think with coming from that background, I have a lot of uh, understanding and sensitivity to the challenges uh, it is to get up every day and make some magic and have your own business. And uh, as rewarding as it is, it's very sometimes very challenging, very lonely. Uh, we we need to have uh, you know partners and, and champions that will help us not only navigate navigate but you know hopefully not hit all the bumps in the road and learn from others mistakes um, i was um fortunate enough um, after, I mean, briefly about my diversity background, um, my husband's business, uh, which was in downtown New York, a printing company, was totally lost during 9-11. And uh, at that time, uh, he didn't really know what he was going to do with his company. And I took upon myself the the chore to go downtown and find out what was available. And the city of New York was said to uh, us, you know, we will be happy to give you an attorney. And that attorney said to me, did you ever think about coming? becoming a woman-owned business and I didn't know what that meant and I but I, all I did know is if I had to be anything if it was a certified giraffe to build my company back I was going to do it the rest is history I won my first contract 11 months later from the Borough Manhattan Community College kept that contract with us for many years brought the business not only to a woman-owned business but back to New York so my, my, my heartstrings are tied to that story and the stories that I think that I've helped make over the years of learning about the value of diversity uh, it's got front page uh, front page uh, position right now with the social climate we're in however there is a, a tremendous amount of value that we can bring to the table as business owners as diverse business owners specifically women minority veteran and lgbt lgbtq businesses so my expertise is how do we take this this value, and especially in this market, and bring it to the table to enhance the opportunities that we can create with companies that are majority-owned companies. And how do we leverage that to maximize our exit? So that's- I,
0: I know you said, you know, we were talking about, you know, it's interesting. I, I run across a lot of what appear to be minority-owned companies and, oper- and businesses that are operated um, they believe as such, but, you know, they are not necessarily, you know, certified. Um, what is actually a certified diverse company? And, um, you know, what what is the difference between that company or someone who appears to have a minority ownership, perhaps doesn't have that certification?
1: Well, let me let me start with this conversation. You know, many for many years, you know, the, the wives, girlfriends and daughters of companies were t- were put in the president role, thinking that that would suffice to be deemed a, diver- a, a woman-owned business or a diverse business. And that isn't the case. Diversity is, is not something that you just elect to be. You must prove it. And how do you prove it? First of all, 51% or more of the stock interest of the company has to be held and managed, held and managed by that diverse partner, whether it be a woman, minority, veteran, or LGBT. So that person has to be an active owner, Sharon? Absolutely. Absolutely. They have to have the fiduciary responsibility. So that means that any of the banking relationships, any of the financial instruments, their signature is the signature that is required uh, lease agreements, anything that has to do with the business operation, the buck stops there. Yeah. So the days of, you know, the, the husband having the wife come into the biz office. I remember years ago I went to visit a, cl- a company that wanted to, me to work with them. And I walked in and the husband had this giant office and I was waiting for the woman on the wife. Who's the owner and runs the company? She didn't even have an office. I don't even think she knew where the office was, to be honest with you. So, so my point and the point is this. Um, there are four recognized organizations that issue, um, certification for women. It's the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, which is referred to as WeBank. For diversity companies, minority companies being um, Hispanic, African-American, that organization is called the National Minority Supplier Diversity Council. For veterans, it's NAVABO, which is the National Association of Veteran Business Owners. And for the LGBTQ community, it's the NGLCC, which is the National um, Council for uh, Gay and Lesbian Businesses. So those are the four recognized organizations that will do the certification process and issue the certification. And that is on the public side. On this on the, on the private side, rather. On the public side, depending upon the location of your business, for example, in New York, you have a couple of different entities that will certify you. New York City has a certification, The Small Business Services of New York City. They can certify you. New York State, the Empire State De- Development Council, they can certify you. Then you have the MTA. They have a certification. OK, so we have and we also have the um, the um, school construction. So those are a few different agencies, if you'd like, that are certifying to val- validate that, in fact, yes, the company is run by a diverse company. And then there's one last one, which is a very, very uh, sought after one, especially if you're doing federal work. And that is the SBA certification.
0: Right. OK. And, and NYBB happens to be an NMSDC certified minority-owned business, and uh, we went through that process, which was a pretty elaborate process and the one where it wasn't just a rubber stamp, for, for certainly, uh, th- absolutely. And um, I think there are, you know, I, I think we, we've spoken often, Sharon, about some of the benefits um, on how businesses can leverage this diversity to grow their business. And, uh, you know, we come across at MYBB a lot of many, many, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how many, Minority-owned and, and, and diverse businesses. We have uh, we have one that um, now is, is in the is in the cleaning space, and they they uh, are veterans, and they access um, um, uh, contracts that are specific to to their certification. We have uh, another one that uh, is um, is um, is um, is also basically in the construction world. They do a lot of painting and a lot of uh, construction work, and they work for a lot of major universities in New York City, and uh, they actually access uh, a portal that that benefits them. But, you know, if we're looking at business, uh, how, how can the, le- the business actually leverage that diversity to grow or sell their business?
1: So there's two, there's two components here that are really important to understand. First of all, um, in the environment, that the, in the business environment we are in right now, whether it is public or private sector, companies or agencies have been been, I don't want to say forced, but it has been more than suggested that contract criteria will include up to 30% set aside in that contract to have diversity participation. So what does that mean? So I'm a majority-owned cleaning company, okay? I want to do a job for whether it be Walmart or the city of New York. In that contract, I can't even, in that RFP, forget the contract, in that RFP, I will not be able to participate unless I can identify what we call a second tier diverse partner. And it has to be very clear that that second tier person is is certified and also what their scope of work and realm of responsibility will be in the project. Um, Years ago, for many years, you could kind of get a pass say oh i couldn't find a qualified diverse company to fulfill the contract that's no longer the case mm-hmm. um, many of the states have gone over and above and organizations like i earlier mentioned have been you know getting companies certified so the excuse that there isn't any is not is not even entertained anymore.
0: so when you say majority owned those are the larger companies who basically win contracts right they're not minority owned. but And then the set aside is basically telling them that a percentage of the contract that they win needs to be executed by um, a minority owned company, right? Even though it's under the auspices of their major contract, they still have the requirement to source that as perhaps their subcontractor, right?
1: Exactly. And, and, And let me just be clear, you know, because a company is a diverse company, it does not indicate that they're small. I mean, I was at the National Women's Conference last week and I had the pleasure of seeing a dear friend of mine, Nina Vodka, who owns a company called The Pinnacle Group. And uh, her business is, I believe, $2 billion at this point. And she's first generation here in the United States. She's a woman and she's a minority. So um, there are, the thing is this, the, the city the state private business recognizes if they do not make their supply chain look like their their customers... Okay, they are not going to be successful in their business and this is something that has been finally say that everyone all those corporations in those those organizations have had that aha moment in terms of, you know, the government side, the, the, the public side, you know, you cannot turn the television on today without hearing uh, something about diversity participation. So it took a long time to educate what we call the prime vendors. Those are the companies that are majority run, meaning that there's no ethnicity, you know, a diversity in their ownership. Okay. And, you know, they always kind of begrudged us, us being the diverse suppliers of, I have to give away part of my contract. Yeah. And it was, and my job and part of the services my company put, it was the education of educating these major, major companies to say, look, you do work with NYB, NYBB Group or Savoca. You now can not only just do take us to this particular opportunity, but you now have a partner to fulfill your your diversity requirement on future contracts. So it's it's about building capacity with inclusion and
0: diversity. Sure. You know it's interesting. Well, my first introduction years ago was I had I attended a. Uh, an event at Columbia University it was put on by the City of New York, and um, it was mostly yeah. contractors there. And you remember that event, right? We were there. What I found remarkable about it back then is the majority-owned companies, as as you put them, um, were, str- were struggling actually to find minority-owned companies that you know could handle the work that they needed to dole out. Okay. And uh, what 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 do you what do you see as I mean, that has changed a lot because I think a lot of those minority owned companies have really come come, you know, come come alive, you know, and really have grown. But what do you see as still some of the challenges that the the minority owned company faces in order to be able to accept that work, execute the work? I mean, collect on the work. There's so many different issues. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges?
1: Well, I think so. I think that's one of the one of the not trend-setting changes that have been, but really one of the actual changes that have been is the approach. Minority or diverse companies are not looking to try to win the big contract, but to be part of the big contract. And what they, they're doing now, and I will commend many of the companies, the private sector and the public sector, um, many of these projects are looking to champion the diversity uh, companies, the diverse companies, mm. and be- believe me, it's a different conversation when the you know the Department of Transportation calls up a, a, one of their prime vendors and says, hey, I've got Sharon here from Savoca and she could provide X, Y, and Z in that contract you're interested. I think you should speak to her. Yeah. It becomes a whole different conversation. Um, I, from My own personal experience back years ago when I was working with my husband in the printing industry, we were a couple of million, maybe six, seven million dollar company, couldn't get the big contracts. However, yeah. when I was able to partner with a hundred million dollar majority-owned company. Now they were taking me to companies like Caesars and, and to uh, some of the big airlines and the cruise lines because they had a diverse partner. So it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. There is an education that has to be done because, again, like I mentioned earlier, the majority-owned companies look like, hey, Sharon and Anthony are taking money out of our pocket instead of, hey, Sharon and Anthony are going to be able to open doors and get us more opportunities and more contracts.
0: And, you know, I, I think the the mistake that folks make is, and I've met hundreds of these people who are, who are minority-owned companies who are more than formidable. I mean, they are really top-notch business folks. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, uh, the only thing they happen to have is that certification. But- if you looked on the surface, they are as successful and as well run as any other company. And they just happen to have a minority certification. So I, for people who think perhaps that these are mom and pops and somebody working out of their garage or somebody yeah. working out of their, out of their trunk, I, I find that to be completely untrue. Um, right. And I think, look, there are people in who are not diverse companies who are working out of their trunk and working right. out of and everything. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you can't pigeonhole and say that that is the only, to, the folks that we're looking at. These are very, especially, I mean, I've, I've run into so many successfully women owned businesses that, um, and these weren't ones that were handed down from daddy or from mommy. These were ones that were, were ground up business. And they are, they are smart folks who really know how to execute their business. Now, I, I wanted to switch a little bit, because I know we have talked about, um, you know, you're part of, I mean, look, your, your certifications, I mean, I know you have New York City and New York State and MTA and WeBank and SBA and federal um, certifications, but you talk, I know you're, you're, you have access to what they call a billion dollar round, billion dollar round table, right? It's the billion yeah. round table, billion dollars. Right, billion dollar round table. Talk about here. that so people okay. in, in the audience can understand the immensity of what we're talking about here. This is not just a A little participating group. This is really got all the the big players in in kind of the world. Exactly. So the billion dollar roundtable was put
1: together probably about, oh, I'd say a better part of 15 years ago. And what it was was corporate corporations that actually uh, spent a billion dollars or more with diverse companies. And the, most recently, I think the most recent uh, company that was added to that group uh, was CVS. And I'll put it this way: once you sit down at that table, you don't want to be asked to leave. So it's a great opportunity. I think there, we I think we have somewhere around 27 national brands that sit at that table. And um, it, again, it's it's a it's there, they are the leaders. You know, because they're doing it right, they're getting their diversity spend, and they're increasing it, and they're recording it. Um, and I guess they are, and they are the poster children uh, for many of the other corporations. That you know, it is yep. possible. You know, it is possible. You and know, these are companies um, in every industry, right? I mean, you have lines in the every, industry, you right, have accounting firms. Every, Right. And In every industry across the board, um, there is participation or a representation rather of, uh, of those industries at the billion dollar roundtable. So so I guess to to kind of sum sum up what that means. Diversity spend is not a couple of pennies. It's not a couple of dollars. It's hundreds of millions of dollars that convert to billions of dollars. So to say today, I you know, one of my assets of being a business is my certification. And that brings us to the question I think that we really kind of want to address is valuation of a company, valuation of your business, what that added value of having your certification can bring to the table when you're thinking of either being acquired, or growing your capacity by maybe a partnership or, you know, a merger. Um, You know, always keeping in mind, though, when there is a merger uh, scenario that's created, that that certification has to be held intact. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've become uh, a bit of a subject matter expert working with, with Anthony as he's structuring the deal. We make sure that the integrity of the certification, because it's an asset, It's an asset. It's a it's a part of a viable asset that's going to continue the growth of the business. So we want to make sure that it's never jeopardized. But that to me is um, maybe what we are coming to market and bringing in a unique approach. My conversations with Anthony and I have had since the pandemic is that, you know, it's been a tough road. A lot of people are saying I'm done. I've had enough. I'm going to sell my business. And then there are those people that say, you know what? I've got to make up for the lost time. How am I gonna do it? I'm gonna look to buy businesses. So what we are saying is both of those scenarios work with with combining them with the value that diversity can bring, whether you're selling your business or buying a business, that particular asset of diversity can be a real game
0: changer in the future growth of, or this exit of a business. I believe that, you know, and and I, I tell folks all the time, you know, I'd like you to address, I mean, the importance of really having an expert structure engagement so we can protect the certification. Uh. And yeah, we also, just so you know, we have a lot of um, investor types and folks who would invest in, in a, and I, I don't want to use, I don't want to get confused with the word minority interest, right? right. But they would take what's called a minority interest in a business. So, which means that they would invest less than 50 percent in a business right. so that somebody who is actually minority certified can have this investment and have this capability and have this cash and still retain their 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 minority certification. But I wanted you to address the importance of having somebody like yourself as an expert structure those engagements so that so that we do protect that certification. And because there's a lot of value that I think future growth is tied into it as well. Absolutely, and and you know,
1: and and that's and and that is really a, a slippery slope, uh, because if you do not maintain, as I mentioned earlier, fifty-one percent of the company, but also are the deciding factor on how the operation is run, you're not going to get your certification. And you know, these people that you know, these organizations that do certifications, these the, the people that are on the certification committees, they're not they weren't born yesterday. You know they can see they can see when it's all smoke and mirrors and that there's really no clout being delivered from the woman or the minority or whoever the entity is that's carrying the certification so in my experience what I make sure I do is structure first of all the the whether it be a strategic partnership agreement or an actual acquisition where the majority-owned company or the non-diverse company can acquire up to 49%. We have to be very, very careful and very clear on where the responsibilities again are going to fall. And again, the day-to-day management of the company could be, you know, spread out among whoever the staff, but the ultimate decision must be
0: made by the diverse uh party. Yeah. It's example. a little tricky. You know, a lot of times the investors come in and they have a board of directors and they want to make you know decisions on behalf of the company now. You know if they are investing and they don't have a majority interest in that company obviously they should have fewer board seats but sometimes you got to be careful because the uh the investor sometimes rules they have a, a little right. bit more to say than perhaps um right they are allowed to especially in this case this is not just a normal case where someone's investing in, in any any business perhaps for per say. And and,
1: and and that's why it's it's very <clears throat> important when i work with clients that um, you know maybe have Different divisions and maybe different markets, and maybe there's an umbrella of businesses. It's important to kind of get the the landscape before I can recommend how to structure the agreement. Um, But again, most important. I mean, you could have a majority, a woman-owned here, a woman-owned company that does um, project management. I own 100 of my project management firm. Okay, however, I work with a construction company that um, is my like my second tier. Okay, so they could own the whole company in its ent- entity, but the lead on the con- on the contract would be me as the woman owned. There's a lot of nuances, and I can't really even because there's yeah, right. You know, it's 20. It's almost 25 years I'm in this particular business vertical, and it's changing. It changed, it's changed dramatically in the last five years, to the good, to create more opportunity. Sure.
0: But, I, think, I think the message is really, you know, even like when folks hire attorneys, they hire experts. When exactly. folks hire CPAs, they hire experts. When exactly. folks are looking to get diverse certification because it's such a big deal, hire an expert. I wanted to get to one other thing before we end, but you know we are looking and you know, we work together on a program where we're providing for some collaboration and some access to the network that you've developed and i want you to talk a little bit about that and about you know who who can actually benefit the most from that
1: well i you know that's it's interesting because we've got a couple of different audiences for the services that we've kind of come to together to provide for example uh, in the in the, on the on the corporate level Okay, um, a concern is always uh, the strength of the supply chain. I'm sure everybody's probably tired of hearing the word supply chain, but supply chain is, is critical. And the integrity of a supply chain, as we all know, impacts directly to the profitability and the stability of a company. So what uh, NYBB Group and Savoca has gone to market to some of these corporations has said, let us help you strengthen your supply chain by evaluating, the companies that are in or that are the suppliers whether they be diverse or majority owned and help create those connections where we can build the capacity and again insulate your exposure for supply chain disruption that's that's the corporate side on the on the prime side which we call the prime vendors or the majority owned vendors this comes right to about where they are in their company. Listen, everyone has felt that they've been, been on pause for the last two years with COVID. This is a, wef, a way, a means to an end to kind of catch up, for lack of a better term, but also to be able to open more opportunities with diverse partners. And again, that has to do with evaluation, both with the majority owned company or the prime and the second tier, because what we wanna do is create a relationship, not a one and done. Building a reputation in, a, in an industry as a partnership that's put together correctly with the, with the diversity, with a diverse partner, is with a prime, is a winning combination. And with our programs that, that NYBB Group and Savoca have put together, whether it starts with the certification, evaluation of the company, where they are financially, what they need to do for financing, all of the, what their growth expectation is, all of those services we offer to help really make a, a plan, a roadmap, if, for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. And I, look, I, I think it's interesting you say that because there are there, the opportunities. People don't really realize what the opportunities are. I think they yeah. they kind of um, uh, I think it, it was something that was poo-pooed for a while. And I think uh, it's uh, it's hard for I think for those people who don't really understand that Companies are, gee, I hate to say required to, but they they, they look for ways to meet that thirty percent set aside. I mean, they they really do, and and it's part of their uh, kind of their social contract to a certain extent. You know, yeah. I, well,
1: I, I'll, I'll give you one last example, which I think is pretty, which pretty, which pretty much sums it up. So Savoca was fortunate enough, enough just to win in a contract with the International Gaming Technology, which is a, one of the largest global gaming companies based out right. on Okay, They manage 40 of the 44 lotteries in North America. One of their clients happens to be the state of New York. State of New York, now they've been managing it for 30 years, 30 years. And now New York says for us to continue working with you, you need to have diversity. You need to have a diversity component and diversity um, businesses working to be able to to comply with the contract because New York has a 30% set aside for MWBEs, Women and Minority Business. So Savoca now has won that contract with IGT, to provide them with not only our consulting services, but working with them to find and identify viable certified MWBEs to help them meet that 30% spend. So this is interesting because they're, they're a global company. They're based in London. And any of you that have been to the UK, London is diverse everywhere you look, but they don't, but here in the United States and specifically in New York with a champion like our governor, Ahokul, she wants to make sure that 30% is met. So we're very fortunate and we're very excited. And I'm excited to be able to bring more partners like NYBB Group and some now, of our clients to the table.
0: And look, and we're, we're excited to work together. I mean, um, and, um, you know, believe it or not, as I told Sharon before we started, her and I, we could go on for hours, you know, because we were so passionate about right. what we what we believe in and also, um, you know, what we've been doing for a lot of years. You know, we it's not our you know, first... You know, time around the block, so to speak, right? So we've we've learned the hard way, but I, I wanted to thank Sharon for being here. Sharon, how can folks contact you so that you know if they have questions, even just questions about yeah. you know how they can comply? Because I'm sure our audience sure. has a lot of folks who maybe you know think they are a certified woman-owned business and they're not.
1: Sure, sure. Well, if you go to my website, which is Savoca Enterprises, uh, there is an info at Savoka Enterprises or you can email me directly sharon at savoka um i'd be happy to you know um or reach out to anthony yeah, as i said we, we, we have a we have a long long-term relationship and you know excited about you know i've been in i've been doing this diversity thing for quite a long time and i mm-hmm. can say this clearly and i've said it to anthony in the last few months the sun the moon and the stars are aligned not only are they are aligned for for diverse businesses, but they're aligned for prime businesses, for majority-owned businesses sure. for us to work together, growing our cap- 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 capacity with collaboration. And uh, and at the end game, the, the M&A piece of this, this is a value add that never had the value that it has today and is not going to go away. If anything, it's going to keep increasing uh, yeah. those transactions.
0: Without that, without... Sharon, I want to thank you for being my guest. I, I think it was a real informative. I mean, right. an important important part of uh, of of what's going on in the world. and uh, as as there, as the audience knows, um, you know we are dedicated to to bringing you the most important information, things that can help your business. Obviously, our goal is for those people who are on their way to exiting or an exit strategy is necessary. We can certainly help them with that. But along the way, there's so much value we want to bring to folks. That's why somebody like Sharon is so important. Some of the other guests that we have that we hope to hope to bring you and the ones that we have brought you are are folks that add value to your life and to to what you do, because we realize, you know, 80 percent of most of our small business owners value is trapped in their business, and we don't want to see that go to waste. And I I think I want to thank everyone for for viewing and um, anyone who needs to reach out, of course. You have my information. You can find me at thenybbgroup.com, and uh, you can reach out to myself, any one of my partners, any one of our folks, and you'll even see Sharon as one of our affiliates on the site. Thanks again, everyone, for viewing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.
1: Thanks for having me, Anthony. Have a great day, everyone. Take care.